Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units stand by for on patrol with the PPD. Airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in this beautiful Friday morning to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD, airing here on WTBR 89.7 FM Pittsfield Community Radio, and now simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. I'm going to start with a check of the weather, and then we'll have a couple quick news items, and then uh, we're going to try to handle the weekly public health update for a change. Uh, So let's go to the weather first, Lieutenant, and then uh, we'll be back. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Today, mostly cloudy with scattered showers. Isolated thunderstorms this afternoon. Highs around 80. Southwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain 40%. Tonight, scattered showers in the evening. Mostly cloudy. Lows in the mid-60s. Southwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain 30%. Saturday, partly sunny with scattered showers. Highs in the upper 70s. West wind 10 to 15 miles per hour with gusts up to 30 miles per hour. Chance of rain 30%. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Sounds like we're going to have a, uh, a rainy, drizzly afternoon, evening, and possibly into tomorrow. So I guess we've got to make the best of the, the nice weather that we've got early today, huh? Yeah. It's uh, it's been beautiful. Yeah, it really has. It, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about snow in the morning. Yeah. All right. So for our listeners and viewers at home, thank you for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD. Joined in studio this morning by Lieutenant Gary Traversa, Communications Outreach and Professional Standards Commander. Good morning. Working the board again. Also sitting on the soundboard side of the desk this morning is Smart Gary, IT Specialist Gary Munn. Gary, you're not mic'd up, so wave to the wave to the listeners. There you go. Gary's uh, Gary's here to get trained up, schooled up on the on the television switcher and the Skype interface, so he can uh, fill in for Lieutenant Traversa next week. And then also joining us in studio this morning is Lieutenant John Souls, uh, Detective Lieutenant on the day shift from the Detective Bureau. And we're going to get to Lieutenant Souls in a little bit, uh, but a couple couple items picked from the news just to kind of put out there really quickly and then uh, we'll do the public health update i I don't think you know there's any question the the news is being dominated by uh, the civil disturbance and and the demonstrations that have been occurring Uh, i think it's 10 days now uh, around the around the world in response to george floyd's death his memorial service was yesterday Uh, you know calls for a greater police accountability and and um, police reform and we'll have some information in the next several days about things that the department here in Pittsfield has already done over the last several years to address um, some of those concerns and things that we can do going forward, including community engagement activities like this radio and television program. Um, in another bit of good news, I didn't get a chance to read it. It was actually on the morning news cycle on television as I left the house. The um, monthly jobs report for the month of May is out. It is by no means great news, but it was much better than it was anticipated by The Economist. The unemployment rate actually went down, and salaries and earnings went up. So, um, you know, glimmers of hope, and take that. In uh, another piece of news, the story that I've been following and commenting on here, it's of interest to me personally um, because of a, a 
you know, school connection, but I think it's of interest to, to all Americans. The uh, United States Naval Aircraft Carrier Theodore Roosevelt returned to sea after the COVID pandemic that racked that crew and their isolation on Guam. Uh, they they returned to sea and uh, got underway mission ready. So that's good news. Um, our, our thoughts and prayers are with the crew of the TR as they get back to their mission and their duties uh, in, in the South Pacific. And uh, I think that's all for the news. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a stab at doing the public health update. I, uh, <laughs> I have faith in you, in you Chief. So you know, it may for, not be your profession, but... For our, for our regular listeners, um, you're, you're used to this for the last several weeks now. If you're a new listener or a new viewer, um, because On Patrol with the PPD is one of the two programs that's allowed to continue our regular programming schedule here at WTBR, um, shortly after the declaration of the emergency here in the city of Pittsfield, we made the offer to our public health partners to give some of the time and share some of the time uh, with them to make sure that we were using this channel to the best of our ability to communicate public health updates. And so for the last several weeks, we've had uh, Director Gina Armstrong from the Pittsfield Department of Health and Dr. Alan Kohlberg, the chair of the Pittsfield Board of Health, and some callers from the Brian Center uh, and the State Department of Mental Health to join us. Uh, but today, there is an important mass Department of Public Health call starting a little bit earlier than normal, and Dr. Kohlberg and Director Armstrong wanted to be on that. So uh, Dr. Kohlberg emailed me a list of, of topics that he thought should be put out as part of the public health update. So I'm going to do my best to, uh, to do this, and I'm just going to read what he said. So number one, we are seeing very encouraging signs that collaboration between all the partners in the health community, including the public health nurses, the Department of Public Health, and Berkshire Medical Center and public compliance with safety standards, including face coverings and social distancing, has resulted in a flattening of the curve in Pittsfield. There have been no new cases in the past seven days. Uh, our case count for the city of Pittsfield stands at 169. And uh, when I do my daily internal situational update, it always put a smile on my face when I get to bold and highlight the still. That's, um, that's been great. So number two, it is anticipated that based on this good data, the governor will give the quote-unquote green light for phase two reopening Massachusetts starting Monday, June 8th. After, it's anticipated. Keep your fingers crossed. We're going to know tomorrow, Saturday. Businesses, workplace, and other facilities such as child daycare, youth serving programs, retail stores, hotels, motels, and other short-term lodgings will be able to resume business, some sort of business. Restaurants will be able to open for outdoor dining in addition to takeout and curbside service already in effect. Indoor dining is still not permitted but may be resumed later in phase two. The Pittsfield Health Department and Community Development, Department of Community Development, in collaboration with Downtown Pittsfield, Inc., have had a virtual meeting with restaurant owners to disseminate the latest guidelines. We recognize that reopening will present challenges to businesses, but we all want businesses to succeed as we move forward with reopening, and all city partners are available to provide guidance whenever needed. People can go to the MassDPH website at www.mass.gov or the city website at www.cityofpittsfield.org for information about COVID-19. And related to that, I just want to share uh, that I saw a, a post circulating on social media last night that um, that put out some very good points. And I, I didn't save it, so I'm not going to like get into it. But essentially, 
restaurants are going to open, uh, reopen in some semblance, and they're under very strict guidance. The owners are under strict guidance, and the servers are under more strict guidance. If you're frustrated, don't take it out on the server. And particularly because of the increased distances and the mask requirements, bear in mind that if you can get your server to take care of your needs with one trip to the kitchen rather than four or five trips to the kitchen, just do it. Um, you know, take care of your servers and they'll take care of you. Number three, testing continues to take place at the Berkshire Medical Center testing site for people exposed to COVID-19 positive persons, even if they do not have symptoms. The BMC link line is operating daily with testing being done Monday through Saturday. The phone number is 855-BMC-LINK. That's 855-262-5465. People can also contact the health department at 499-9411 with any questions. We strongly encourage the use of the BMC test site for all testing as it is the most effective way to provide test results to city health authorities for contact tracing. Lastly, as we have emphasized every week on this show, number four, the best protections against the reemergence of COVID-19 in the community is for citizens to continue using masks or other face coverings in public when social distancing cannot be maintained. Wash hands or use disinfectant after contact with commonly touched surfaces in public. Now that we're heading into summer, we encourage people to get outside for their physical and mental health and do outdoor activities such as going to parks, using the many outdoor trails available, or just walking around the neighborhood. It's important to emphasize that when doing outside activities, masks are not necessary as long as social distancing is maintained. And those four points were sent to us by Dr. Alan Kohlberg. Thank you, Dr. Kohlberg. Uh, I think that's pretty comprehensive. Yeah, good follow-up to what uh, he's been doing on a weekly basis. I Absolutely. Mean. And so the last thing, you know, I'm, the doctor and I have had this conversation um, each time that we've spoken for the last several weeks. I'm just going to finish up with this. We're, we're hoping, hoping, fingers crossed, to change phases. But some things are going to stay the same through all the phases. And so those, those pillars to focus on, social distancing, face coverings, wash your hands or disinfect, cleaning and sanitizing of your home and workspace, and then kind of the last catch-all as part of that whole workforce thing is workforce surveillance. If you feel ill, stay home, don't go to work. If you see somebody that's a partner and you think they, they don't look so great or maybe they're not having a good day, ask them, right? Physically, not aesthetically, Lieutenant. <laughs> you know they can see that now, right? <laughs> No, you're on the screen. They can see you roll your eyes. <laughs> All right. So that has been our public health update. I think we actually did that very well. It's, it's 10 minutes after the hour. That's yeah. kind of what we anticipate or plan for that. Um, I'm going to reserve a little bit of time at the end to go back and do my plug for Cultural Pittsfield and uh, the Pittsfield Office of uh, Cultural Development. So I think it's a good time to shift. Absolutely. So, Lieutenant Traversa, you invited a guest to join us today. Why don't you introduce our guest? I did. Um, Detective Lieutenant Souls, um, and I'll put the camera on him right there in the flesh. Um, we had a discussion uh, going back, uh, I think, this before uh, COVID. So this might, must have been in early March uh, about him coming on and talking about the um, scams in general, um, more notably, uh, you know, scams that are directed toward um, our elderly population. So 
that is still relevant. However, we are also seeing uh, some scams in terms of the unemployment insurance that uh, have been occurring. So, Lieutenant Souls, I'll, I'll let you um, run with this a little bit, and uh, maybe we can talk about the um, you know the content first, Chief, because I know at some point we're going to want to kind of talk talk to him about. You know, John Souls. Oh no, I I fully agree. I think we should talk about scams and other financial crimes. You know, ad nauseum. I'm kidding. You know, we we should get through that. Uh, You know, with the goal of wrapping this up, um, so we can talk about other stuff like John Souls' distinguished wrestling career, how he became (laughs) a cop, and uh, other things about the detective bureau. So yeah, John, why don't you start off um, just a little bit about the types of scams, i.e. financial uh, exploitation crimes that you and your detectives see and investigate and any strategies uh, that you can suggest to help people avoid being victimized by that. Sure. First of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, This is only my second time on and I think it's the first time that I've had a a large portion of the show. Um, And I'd also like to note that in addition to the camera being on me, apparently you shared the photo. Uh, already and Detective Sergeant Strout already sent it back to me saying that my eyes were closed. So <laughs> <laughs> my my wife, you know, nonstop uh, reminds me that every photo I take, my, my eyes are closed. So. so I've got to own my part of that. I am not a, a trained photographer, never worked in crime scene services like my previous partner, Captain Trapani. That's not something I check for when I snap a picture. I apologize. No problem. We'll have to get him on the show to see if he can take a better photo. Captain Trapani? No, uh, Sergeant, Sergeant Strout. Strout. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, getting into the, the financial crimes, you know, part of the reason I wanted to come onto the show was um, the Detective Bureau handles everything from, you know, minor check cases uh, all the way up to, to serious violent crimes. And the violent crimes are the, the ones that make the headlines, but the financial crimes and the scams are the ones that are much more prevalent and uh and that we see you know much much more often so you know obviously as a member of the public you are much more likely to be a victim of a financial crime like a fraud or a scam than you are a a violent crime i kind of break the three types of uh financial crimes down uh, into three you know major categories and and you know i call them the big three but they're the ones that we see most often there's the physical theft, so those include purse snatchings, you know, someone taking your cash, stealing your checks, uh, things of that sort. Then there's the phone scams and email scams, which are extremely prevalent. Uh, we see those more and more often with, with great variety these days. And then um, the last uh, are the home improvement scams. So I can talk about each of those if you want. Um, Absolutely, please. In a little more detail. So the physical thefts are... You know, you're in the grocery store, you have your purse in the... Oh, can you hear me better? I, I was just hearing a little scratching. Okay. Um, you're in the grocery store, you have your, your purse in your cart, you go to grab something off the shelf, you come back and your purse is gone. Or, um, you know, you had your checks in your uh, desk drawer at uh, work or at your house. Uh, somebody saw that that's where you were putting them and, and they physically took those at a later date. Um, those can occur in, in a million different uh, scenarios, but the, the, 
tips that I can give you, you know, right here, the, the quick and dirty tips are obviously keep your things, you know, close to you. Uh, be aware of your surroundings. When you're at the ATM machine, hopefully you're looking around. You're not, you know, you don't have tunnel vision. When you're at the grocery store, you have that purse, you know, on your arm. You're not leaving it unattended. Um, obviously lock your car doors. I don't recommend leaving anything in your car whatsoever, even if your doors are locked. Uh, if you see, if, if a thief sees something in your car, uh, they may decide to break in anyways. But um, those, are, those are just some of the, the general tips for, for physical theft. Can we go back to the supermarket thing for a second? Absolutely. So uh, full disclosure, even long before the declaration of the pandemic, uh, Christina and I started ordering our groceries online. Instacart. I haven't I haven't been in a grocery store except in an emergency for probably two years. <laughs> but prior to that decision, one of the things that I would say, I bet every time I went into a grocery store, and it actually got to the point that Christina would just like walk away because she could see when I was getting ready to do it. But I would be walking through a grocery store, and this, I don't want this to be like gender bias, but we're, you know, generally we're talking about purses. But it, it could be a backpack or something like that. So it's not exclusively for women. Um, but I would see a bag or an item, you know, which more likely than not contains a wallet, cash, credit cards, sitting in the top compartment of a grocery cart, you know, in the child seat of a grocery cart. And the owner would have turned to maybe, and now they're walking away, right? And they're seven feet away, eight feet away, 15 feet away from their cart. And their life is in that bag. And, you know, and I'll be honest, sometimes I would just like, you know, quickly flip out my badge and say, excuse me, can you get a little closer to that? Because I don't want I don't want my guys to have to come take a report. And actually, it would have been Lennox PD in most of those cases. But when you draw their attention to it, they're 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 oblivious that it hasn't even occurred to them in their mind. They're right there. Right. But the item they were looking at isn't there. So now they're going to you know compare and they just start to stretch the distance out. You know, opportunistic criminals—they're gonna—they're gonna seize that. It so, happens all the time. All the time. And the same thing when when I'm walking, you know, through that parking lot, and you're looking, you know, at cars, and and you can just observe in plain view, bags, laptops, purses, you know, inside of these cars. And I've had people in my own family say, "Well, I I locked it up. I I locked the, you know the the doors." Well, that's that's not going to help when a thief sees that, smashes the glass, and makes off with your item in you know five seconds moon rocks your window and it's gone exactly so those are just some general tips you know to keep your your valuables in close proximity and and under lock and key the things that uh, we see with uh, great frequency these days are the phone and the email scams uh, they are uh, the, pretty much anything you can think of, uh, there's some variation of a phone or email scam. We have the lottery winners. Most people are familiar with those. Uh, you've, you get an email or a phone call, you've won the Canadian lottery. Uh, you know, you won $10 million in a lottery that you never entered. That should be the first red flag. If you didn't enter the lottery, uh, you probably don't have a great chance of winning that lottery. But people fall victim to that. Um, and then you know, the, the second red flag is you won 10 million, but in order to process your winnings, uh, you just need to send a check for $1,500 so we can get the paperwork started and, uh, and get the ball rolling on getting you your funds. Scam all day long. And there's a, a bunch of variations on that one. There's also the, uh, the IRS, you owe back taxes. Uh, you, you haven't paid your taxes. There's a problem with your taxes. You have to 
uh, pay the IRS in, in you know, a variety of different ways. There's solicitations for uh, donations, the police union, uh, the hospital fundraiser, the flood victims, the Red Cross. Yes, some of these are legitimate, but the, the vast majority of people that are calling or emailing those are, uh, are fraudulent. Uh, we see the solicitations uh, for, or I'm sorry, the uh, romance scams. That's, they're, they're a little uh, embarrassing to report uh, sometimes, and I think that's why they're underreported. But people get involved in an online romance where uh, they've never met the person, but they're exchanging pictures and, uh, you know, love letters, and then they finally... Uh, are, are ready to meet and the, the person says well I just need uh, some money my my car broke down as soon as I get some money I'll be able to visit you and the person sends them a check and then the next thing is oh well you know my uh, my daughter needs uh, money for a surgery so as soon as I get that money for the surgery then I'll be able to come and visit you so the person gets another uh, another windfall and these things go on and on and, and the problem with those scams are the person, the victim becomes um, pot committed, we call it, or they're chasing the carrot. They've already invested a certain amount of money in that scam. So they've already paid the $1,000. And this can happen with the, uh, with the lottery scams too. They've already paid $1,000. Then they have to pay another you know, $1,200 or another $1,500. But they have that eye on the prize at the end, whether it's the lottery winnings or the person coming to visit in the romance scam. So they keep paying this money out in hopes that eventually it will pay off and unfortunately it never does um, one of the the more unusual scams but we've seen it numerous times is uh, a lot of times the elderly are targeted in this they get a phone call from uh, a faint sounding voice and they say hey you know grandma it's your it's your grandson I've been arrested I need you to wire me uh, $200 I'm, I'm in jail in Utica New York um, you know, the, the victim oftentimes can't hear the person that well. They can't tell that it's not their family member. They end up sending the money. So just a quick follow-up on that one. That's either the arrest scam or I've been in an accident and I'm in the hospital scam. Yes. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. My, my advice to you, I could, I could probably spend a whole show on just the different types of scams um, like those, email scams and phone scams. The, the biggest advice I can give is don't answer your phone if you don't know the person on the other end. If you don't recognize the caller ID, let it go to voicemail. And be cautious even if you think you do because they'll, they'll um, I'm going to mess this up. What's the? Uh, spoof. The spoof your phone number, right? Yep. Yep. I've gotten phone calls both on my personal phone and my government phone from my own phone number. Sure. Right? So. <laughs> sure. And, you know, as far as email goes, check your email settings make sure you have a spam folder it's amazing the lengths that some of these scammers will go to you you get an email that looks like a legitimate email it looks like it's from yahoo it looks like it's from netflix um, your account has been disabled if we don't receive payment we're going to shut off your your netflix account but if you actually look at the sender it's not netflix it's it's a very similar it's, um, it's spelled wrong it's got an unusual url or a different uh, extension on the on the domain exactly we know all these things now gary cuz your boss makes us take these tests <laughs> that's right <laughs> they're very popular aren't they <laughs> oh my god uh, John, I want to go back real quick to something else you said, particularly about the telephone scams. Uh, you mentioned um, 
you know, police related fundraisers or other professional association fundraisers. I mean, there, there are legitimate fundraisers. 100%. Our, our patrol union is engaged in a fundraiser right now. Yes. But, you know, they're going to they're going to call and they're going to identify themselves and they're going to say they're from the fundraising company that's working in cooperation with the Pittsfield Police Union, TCI America, TCI America. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're going to give you very particular instructions. They're not going to call and say, hey, this is the Pittsfield Police Department. We know we need money. Um, you know, listen, we, we could we could use all the help we can get. It's budget season and things are lean, but that we don't fundraise with telephone solicitations. Sure. Um, but these people are are persistent. They're dogged. Uh, to some, I don't, I don't want to sound like you know it's admin. To some point, they're they're talented, right? They'll, I have I have quite literally received phone calls from fraudulent organizations on behalf of police, you know, i.e., police related fundraisers that I know are not legitimate organizations. They're calling me on my government cell phone. Mm-hmm. I identify myself when I answer the phone by title. They continue with their pitch, and I'm like, you, you picked up at the outset that you're talking to a police officer. You called a police number and are speaking to a police And they're like, yeah, you know, we, we fundraise for your department. Like, no, you don't. Right. Right? I mean, I got into an argument with somebody on one of these calls. I'm like, you do not provide money to my agency. So, yes, we do. It's on my list. I'm like, all right. You know, I, I can't. I, that's it. I'm hanging up. But. <laughs> relentless is the word that I use. Yeah. As soon as they as soon as they have a potential victim, they are relentless. Um, speaking of the email scams, I thought it was kind of funny. I, this morning, I checked my spam folder just to see what kind of stuff I had before I came on the radio show. And just going down the list, it's it's absolutely amazing. I have a new target reward. I don't have a target account. Uh, police have taken notice to uh, something that I have done. Uh, and, you know, I imagine if I click on that, they're going to want some money to get me out of trouble. Should we open a case? Possibly. <laughs> My Amazon account uh, looks like it's going to be shut down, and that is not from Amazon. I can tell that's a spoof account. Uh, this account says it's going to be disabled. My, uh, there's fraudulent activity suspected on my Wells Fargo account. I don't have a Wells Fargo account. Um, they just they go on and on and on. And you can see where if you weren't suspecting anything, you would click on one of those links and you you know you would be led down a, a rabbit hole and, and probably be out money if you provided them with any kind of. So ironically, on the way here, I was listening to another local radio program. Actually, uh, was was listening to our friend Marjo. And she was interviewing the, the guys that are normally on Friday morning from the, the real estate guys. And they were actually talking about, you know, checking your your credit report and going, you know, credit karma or whatever. Uh, and, you know, listen to this program. Are you sure you don't have a Wells Fargo account? Right. 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 Because it's Good possible point. somebody could have, you know, stolen your identity, hack, hacked your stuff and opened a Wells Fargo account in your name. You don't know that you have a Wells Fargo account. Sure. And, and we see that a lot, too. And that goes with physical theft. A lot of times somebody steals your identity, they steal personal documents, and, uh, and they open up you know, fraudulent accounts in your name. And, you know, we're, we only got a couple of minutes left here before we're going to go to station break. But on the physical theft, we see this. When I was a shift commander, this used to, um, it used to frighten me because people, everybody is so aware of identity theft right it's become like you, know, you can't you can't watch an hour-long television program without seeing some psa about that um but people forget that if you've been victimized physically you know not not violently but fi- they've gotten something from you 
it's not just, you know, put a stop on your credit cards, put a stop on your debit cards. We have cases where people come in to report that their wallet was stolen or their purse was stolen or backpack was stolen out of their card or their car. And they're worried about their cards. And then we ask them follow up questions. They're like, did they get your ID? Was there anything in that bag with your address? Do you have a spare house key? Right? Because people don't think right. if if they got your life, they got your life, right? And mm-hmm. they need two pieces of information: where you live, and that 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 key fits a lock to your home. Sure. And now you've got a much larger problem than putting a stop to your credit cards and your debit cards. Yes. Uh, but people don't make that connection. Right. So. Yeah, it's the tunnel vision. Yeah. All right, so we've got a couple minutes left here, John, before we go to station break. Okay. Um, you know, fin- let's uh, finish up the stuff on on the yeah scams. Just uh, two tips, you know, as far as all those email and uh, and phone scams go. In addition to don't answer your phone, don't respond to that email if it looks suspicious. Um, just remember the the age old adage: uh, if it's too good to be true, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. If if all of a sudden you won a lottery that you didn't enter, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, if you are you know, solicited by a beautiful uh, woman or man uh, that wants to meet up with you out of the blue, and all you have to do is send them uh, you know, a few uh, dollars for travel funds, it is probably too good to be true. It's not happening. Um, if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Exactly. Um, and then in addition to that, uh, well, I already said, just don't answer the phone. Let it go to voicemail. Voicemail is there for a reason. Um, one last thing that I wanted to hit before the break is a lot of these scams ask for payment in very unusual ways. They ask for the... Green dot. Exactly. Green dot, iTunes card, Amazon card, Google card. Walmart card. Right. The IRS, if the IRS is owed back taxes, you cannot pay them back in iTunes gift vouchers. Um, <laughs> if, if your nephew is arrested, you cannot pay their bail money you know, with, with a Google Play card. It just doesn't happen. And unfortunately, people are victimized. People don't know that. So they go out and they get these, you know, they're told to buy these gift cards. They read them you know, over the phone uh, or they send them via email, the numbers. And once they do, they are out it's that gone. money. It's, it's gone. gone. doesn't matter if you still physically have that card. That money is gone and, and it's impossible to get back. All right. It is 930 on this beautiful Friday morning. Lieutenant Traversa, let's get another check of the weather and some PSAs during this station break. You're listening to On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM and Pittsfield Community Television. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Today, mostly cloudy with scattered showers. Isolated thunderstorms this afternoon. Highs around 80. Southwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain 40%. Tonight, scattered showers in the evening. Mostly cloudy. Lows in the mid-60s. Southwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain 30%. Saturday. Partly sunny with scattered showers. Highs in the upper 70s. West wind 10 to 15 miles per hour with gusts up to 30 miles per hour. Chance of rain 30%. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Hi, this is Sergeant Mark Madalena with the Pittsfield Police Department. We all have busy lives and we're in a hurry to get to where we need to be. While driving, people are eating, drinking, talking, putting on makeup, doing their hair, checking social media, texting each other, all while the dog sits on their lap. 
The result is running red lights, stop signs, speeding, and finally crashing. Distracted driving is illegal. You can be ticketed or criminally charged. Please share the road and pay attention. Let's make sure everyone gets where they want to go safely. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union. Proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal Credit Union with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair, one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. If you're looking for services for a loved one or are interested in caring for the people they support, visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. PCTV and WTBR are committed to serving our community in this difficult time. We will bring you live coverage of press conferences and official statements from our government officials on PCTV CityLink Channel 1303, on the Pittsfield Community Television Facebook page, and on WTBR as they happen and as we are able to do so. Please stay tuned to our channels and our social media for updates on press conferences and other important information pertaining to the ongoing pandemic. Welcome back. Sorry about that. I'm having a little trouble with my mic here. You are tuning in to On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, and now being simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television, Channel 1301. Uh, we've got an interesting crew in studio this morning. My name is Mike Wynn. I'm the Chief of Police here in the City of Pittsfield and one of the co-hosts and co-producers of the show. I forgot to introduce myself at the top of the hour. I apologize. I've got uh, Lieutenant Gary Traversa. Cops Bureau Commander and Sound Engineer Extraordinaire sitting on the board. Good morning. And got Smart Gary Munn, IT guru and a sound engineer backup, getting trained up for next week. And our in-studio guest this morning is Lieutenant John Souls, uh, Detective Lieutenant, Day Shift Detective uh, Commander. And he's been talking about financial scams and exploitation, telephone and internet scams, uh, lottery scams. It, it's amazing. That, that those scams have persisted as long as they have, long before I've been in law enforcement and they just don't stop. And what it seems like is the old scams remain in some form or fashion, and then new ones, new ones just keep are, new getting ones added emerge, to the right? mix. So the list just grows. And, and I hate to say it, but every, every large-scale emergency, every crisis breeds new financial scams, right? It doesn't matter if it's in the aftermath of a hurricane, a wildfire, um, a pandemic, uh, a, 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 a call for social justice and criminal justice reform as we're in right now, you know, two, two simultaneous situations. Um, somebody will take advantage. Absolutely. Somebody will take advantage. Somebody will seize that opportunity to latch on to your emotions, to latch on to your empathy, to latch on to your anger and exploit it. Uh, and so you just, you need to be careful. You, you need to be critical and you need to look at things carefully. You know, one of the things that um, I have found myself doing a lot more is if I receive, you know, communication or something looking for assistance with, uh, with some type of, um, not fundraising, but some type of cause, or I see something on social media. Again, I've been trained, I've been conditioned. I won't open the, the original email or click on the link. Instead, I'll go to a browser and I'll search 
that cause, um, which in my experience, if, if it's a known financial exploitation scam, you'll get some quick hits from the Consumer Protection Division or mm -hmm. the Better Business Bureau, and it'll show you that it's been reported. And if it's a legitimate cause, it will take you off of social media to their website or to their sponsor website. And then you can do a little bit of a dig and then you can make an informed decision about if this is a cause you wanna support. Uh, but your, your knee jerk reaction to click and help, click and help, click and help is exactly what they're, it's exactly what they're trying to take advantage of. And that's great advice. You know, with those, those constant emails, there's a problem with your Netflix, there's a problem with your um, Amazon account, there's a problem with your Facebook. You don't go to that email and, and click on anything. If you think there's an issue, go right to that website, and, yep. and you're going to find out real quick if there's an issue or not. Yeah. Or, it, go ahead, Gary. Sorry. sorry. The, the other thing that, that I have done is, you know, you mentioned looking up uh, the content of an email. I've actually Googled phone numbers. Yeah. And, and that'll trigger, for the most point, or for the most part, it'll trigger... Uh, uh, reviews or input from other, uh, you know, people in, in other websites or, you know, reporting type of websites. Yes. Th that's, yeah, that's a scam number or they got a similar call from that, the scam type call. So just another I, tool. I, I hate to encourage cynicism, right? We, we don't need more cynicism, but be skeptical. Be a skeptical consumer. Take steps to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. um, we would rather that our citizens and our residents take steps to protect themselves, then fall victim to some exploitation, and then we have to work a case. Because honestly, when we talk about a lot of these, uh, these exploitation cases, they're gonna, if we can even come close to identify the source, which in many cases we can't, because they're bounced off of so many different mm -hmm. things, um, a lot of them take place offshore, and so we, there's no way we can prosecute. So not only is it unlikely that we can recover the money, and so particularly if they converted it to iTunes, car, Amazon, you know, whatever, yep. um, but we probably can't even file charges. So. No, very rarely are charges filed on those scams. You know, they're so well insulated. Like you said, even if you can trace a, a phone number, if you can get some information on a phone number, you know, subscriber information, it usually goes, you know, somewhere out of state. And then you do some digging there goes to another state then you do some more digging you find out it goes out of the country it's it's next to impossible to, to bring a criminal charge on those and just along those lines um you know look there's you've heard me say this listeners have heard me say this there's no bad information there's no bad information and so we'll take any information um but we also have to be discriminating about what we do and how much effort we can put into something so if you received that call or you received that email and you did the right thing and you didn't respond and you didn't send money and you didn't suffer a financial loss, we're not gonna open a case. We'll, we'll take the information for intelligence and we'll encourage you or we may share it with Consumer Fraud or the Better Business Bureau. Mm -hmm. But we're not actually gonna to open an investigation in that. There's, you're, you're a potential victim, but you're not a victim. So we're not gonna, we're not gonna take that. Uh, it's unsolvable. And there was no loss. So right. some people, um, some people get offended. You know, I'm calling you to tell you that this is happening. Yes, you're you're one of many, um, and we think we thank you for the information, and we'll collect that and collate it and share it with our law enforcement partners. But you know, the detectives aren't coming down 
to interview you and pick up that envelope or right. to take a, co- a copy of that email. Uh, and along those lines, so particularly given the staffing stuff and the uh, force protection measures we put in place in March, it's entirely appropriate to report incidents like that where no loss was suffered online. Mm-hmm. We don't. You don't need to talk to dispatch. You can just go in and fill out the report of crime form online, and it'll make its way through the system and go in as intelligence. Uh, but you don't need to call nine one one for that. Nope, that's the best way to report it. All right. So um, day shift detective. I'm sorry. Are you all set with the uh, financial stuff? I was going to do one more thing. Yeah, just um, and I, I don't need to spend a lot of time on it, but it is timely actually, given um, you know it's the springtime. People are doing home improvement projects. The third type of you know financial loss that we see quite often, especially with you driveway know, our, scammers. Yes, and uh, and home improvement uh, scams. And I, I always caution people. I'm not you know painting uh, everyone with the same brush. You can be victimized by anyone. You can be victimized by a family member. Gary's You're, laughing at me because my mic arm won't stay up. <laughs> it's just <laughs> lost a bolt or something. I there. did. Sorry. <laughs> right. You know what? I got a solution. I solve problems. Perfect. There we go. That's so I, I don't like to, uh, you know, I, I don't like to lump everyone in together. There are, you know, just like we've seen recently, there are, are bad apples in any group. But um, so I'm not saying that all contractors, uh, you know, are, are out there to, to scam anyone. There's a select few that that prey upon, um, you know, some of the, the more vulnerable in, in, in our society. And those are the people that they show up. Uh, they say, hey, I, you know, I got some extra material on the back of my truck. I can do your driveway for X amount per square foot. The victim doesn't realize that, you know, the numbers don't line up that, you know, well, yeah, that's per square foot, but you needed, you know, this many square feet and three layers of it. So the price, you know, quickly multiplies or, hey, I just did a, a roofing job and I got these extra shingles. Uh, you know, I can throw them up on your roof. It won't cost you much. Once they do the job, it's, you know, an astronomical price. So, um, just be wary of the home improvement um, scams that that always you know sort of pop up this time of year. Not only an astronomical price, but substandard work, right? Sure. So somebody who shows up and says, "Yeah, I was just doing a job up the street, and I've got X number of yards of asphalt left on my truck. I'll throw it down on your driveway." Not only is it not going to help, it potentially will hurt. Right. And now you're going to have to pay a reputable company to come in and repair the damage that they did. And get it fixed. Uh, similarly, if they just throw, you know, a, a couple bundles of shingles up on your roof, right? That, that's a partial job. Yep. They're probably going to do some damage. So you, you stand to suffer twice. Yep. The, the ones in this particular category that frighten me the most are the ones when they're like, oh, you know, yeah, I can do it for $5,000. You know, residents, for the most part, don't have that kind of cash on hand. So they start the job, they do the job, then they refuse to leave until you pay them, but mm-hmm. you don't have it. So then they offer to take you to the bank, and then it's a lot more than what they quoted you. Yep. Um, we haven't had one of those in a, in a while. No, uh, it's been a little while, but um, but we've seen it. But they're bold. They're very, very bold. They are. And, and just like the other types of scammers, once they get their hooks into you, once you know, once they start, it's they're relentless. Yeah. And the, the best advice I can give you is, you know, just do your research. Ask for referrals. Uh, like Gary was saying about Googling a phone number, you Google a company's name, you see if they're reputable. You know, nowadays everyone has a, you know, a Yelp review or a Google review, uh, or you can ask your neighbors, you know, hey, who did you use for this or friend? Uh, it's just, it's much more easy to, to do it that way than to have somebody show up on your property and say, hey, I can just... I, I'd go a step farther. If you didn't already do the research and contact the company and schedule with them and they just show up, no. 
Just yep. say no. And if they don't leave, call the police. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, shopping. You, you know, if you don't already know the product, you don't, haven't had experience with it, do some research. You exactly. Know, get some, some referrals. So it's, um, you know, just some people might think it's common sense, but it's, it, it, it's not that easy. Yeah. It's, yep. Like you said, Chief, you know, they tug on the emotions. And Again, these people are dogged. They're persistent. Um, you know, they'll, they'll bully. They'll intimidate. And, and actually, going back to our, our first kind of conversation about the actual physical, physical intrusion, physical, we've also seen where they get there, they offer to do some fly-by-night home improvement or landscaping operation. They get into the house and, well... You know, you go to get the checkbook or you go to, you know, make a phone call. Now they get your keys, they get your wallet, they, you know, whatever. Um, you know, the stranger into your home and now they're gone with stuff that you left out, you know, in your, in your sanctuary. I can so, think of a handful of those right off the top of yeah. my head. Yep. So we, we didn't talk about the unemployment, did we? We didn't. And I do have that here. I mean, I could, I could spend a whole, you know extra show on, yeah. on other scams but uh let's cover that one though yeah so i don't have a ton of information because it is a new uh, a new scam and i don't know if you have some some insight but basically there's an unemployment scam going on right now that's nationwide um but we have seen it in massachusetts we have seen it locally in pittsfield and at least one officer uh, yep. has been uh, not not scammed out of any money but uh at least targeted targeted in the initial uh uh, unemployment scam but basically it's an ID theft where um, they the scammers apply for government benefits for unemployment uh, in your name using you know your information um, if you do suspect that uh, that you were you know your ID was compromised or if you saw anything funny regarding unemployment claims when you haven't made any uh, any claims of unemployment benefits uh, you can go to mass.gov forward slash unemployment dash fraud uh, again that's mass.gov forward slash unemployment dash fraud um, there's also an uh, one uh, 800 number it's actually 877 626 6800 uh, in case you you thought that you were victimized by that that so, newer scam so if i understand the mechanisms of this one the the potential victim is contacted by an unknown i don't identified third party informing you that there was a problem with your claim but you haven't made a claim okay in, in the particular case that we're aware of our, our officer is actively employed mm -hmm. and get this communication that there's a problem with your claim and they're encouraging you because people who legitimately are filing for unemployment are having these problems and so and they're eager to settle that and, and get unemployment benefits and so it's encouraging you to contact this phone number, this email, and it's it's not the the not the Department of Unemployment that's contacting you. So it's another avenue to to get their hooks into you. gain your personal information. Yeah. So. so, as far as all of these different crimes go, you know, just some general tips. Uh, if you suspect that you're a victim, report it. You know, that's that's the biggest thing. It's it's hard to get some of these people to to report it because they're embarrassed. Uh, sometimes if they're victimized by a family member, they don't want to get the person in trouble. Um, sometimes people, despite being told that they were victims of a scam, they, they don't want to believe don't want it. They don't want to believe it. Um, nope. Not me. That, that money's coming. I, I won that lottery, you know. Um, 
So it's, it's difficult to get them to come forward, but it's important for us because the intelligence is huge to know what's out there, to know what scams are going on. And more likely than not, you're not the only one, right? Right. And, and the other reason we get all the time is I didn't think it was that important. I didn't want to bother you. Mm -hmm. Not ever the case. Right. Not ever the case. Nope. So, yeah. The other yeah. advice I give is, you know, consult with family members, um, friends. If you think, you know, that something sounds suspicious, don't be afraid to talk about it. Don't be afraid to call the, the police department and ask for advice. We get phone calls all the time. We get, you know, strange phone calls, funny phone calls, serious phone calls. Don't be afraid to call, you know, the detective bureau. Our extension is 705. Um, if you know, even if you think that something may be hinky, we may be able to look into it and say, no, that's that sounds completely legitimate to us. Um, but, you know, we can give you advice and we don't mind doing that. Yeah. And just on that last point, Lieutenant, um, if you have a, an elderly family member, an elderly loved one, and you provide care for or part-time care for, or somebody else who is in a vulnerable population that you provide care for, and you even begin to suspect that they may be financially exploited. One, take aggressive steps to stop that, to protect that. Mm -hmm. And two, let us know, right? Because if there's somebody out there who is exploiting, exploiting vulnerable populations, if they're doing it to your loved one, they're certainly doing it to others. Exactly. Um, and even if you were scammed or your loved one was scammed out of you know, that money or you know, abused in some way, your report may help us nip it in the bud right. or stop that perpetrator from victimizing you know the, the next person we had that case is what two two and a half years ago now where our same victim you know even though the family was involved even though we were involved they just you know they kept going back to the bank they kept going back to the bank i think you know they got hit three times i know exactly which case you're talking about and the word comes back it's it's relentless yeah. they the scammers knew that the police were involved. They knew that the family was on board with the police. Those scammers continued to call to harass that family, and certain family members were still providing money to, to yeah. the scammers. Yeah. All right, so we've got a few minutes left. Um, let's talk about some other, you know, because you've been on before. We've talked a little bit about, you know, you and, and your career. Uh, let's just talk briefly about the Bureau in general. Um, number one, the the existence of the detective bureau shifted dramatically in mid-march mm -hmm. it's it's kind of back to what we perceive as normal um, but detectives became patrol officers for a long time they did six full weeks uh, that was interesting it, presented some challenges it was interesting and it was it was unique because you know in order to supplement the the ranks of patrol the detectives, you know, went back to uniform, went back to the, the patrol cars and patrol duties. And what was interesting to me was some of those uh, patrol officers were uh, newer to the detective bureau within the last, you know, couple of years. Um, so going back to patrol was not that big of a change. Um, but then there were some some patrol officers that have been there. Senior detectives. Senior detectives that have been out of patrol for extended periods of time, you know, that had to get reacclimated. And there were some challenges, but I think everyone really, really stepped up, um, did what they needed to do, and, and, you know, got the job done for the greater good, for, for lack of a better term. Absolutely. And the, the entire command was very appreciative. But um, you and Captain Trapani and Lieutenant Madalena, you advocated relentlessly for your personnel. Let's get them back where they're assigned and get them back doing their jobs. And uh, it, we had to extend it a couple times. 
but after about six weeks, we got everybody back to where they were, you know, home ported when this thing started. Mm -hmm. uh, and unfortunately, that meant six weeks of catching up. Right. Uh, so now there's a caseload to kind of clear. And I think it also gave everyone sort of a unique perspective. It, it gave some of the detectives that, you know, haven't been in patrol, um, you know, for, for a while. Uh, it got them to, to see what the patrol officers are doing. And, and, you know, not that they didn't know, but it, it just gave them a unique perspective. It gave me and the other detective commanders, you know, a unique perspective into what detectives are doing right now because, you know, we, we tend to assign the cases. Um, we're involved in some of the investigations, but, you know, we, we assign a lot of these cases out and we were handling you those were handling cases, the cases while they were in patrol. So, you know, it gave us that unique perspective of once again carrying, you know, a fairly heavy caseload of, uh, of cases while we still had to, you know, triage some and, and keep some on the sidelines until we had more reinforcements back. So a couple of things in particular about the Detective Bureau during this period of time. Um, one, and we've talked about it a little bit on the program in the past, in a realignment that occurred, God, over a year ago now, um, the the anti-street crimes unit, which we, uh, you know, colloquially referred to just as anti-crime, which, you know, sometimes in community meetings, people are like, are, like, are all police anti-crime? It's, it's just a unit designator, right? Uh, but the anti-street crimes unit, um, which historically, it's, it's staffed out of patrol as a collateral duty and historically kind of worked out of patrol and coordinated to some extent with the drug unit, uh, anti-crime was kind of realigned and became a force multiplier for the detectives even before the pandemic. Um, but during the pandemic, even though their operations were curtailed, they continued to serve as a force multiplier. And so this, this case is, these cases are still very open and we can't get into a lot of detail. But when the detectives went back to their regular assignment, anti-crime kind of had some, some target lock on some stuff. They did some pretty cool stuff. And uh, we've gotten several guns off the street in mm -hmm. the last week and a half. Um, those cases are, are being typed up and wrapped up. A couple of them have been reported in the media, but some of it's still pending. Um, but a combination of anti-crime and the Detective Bureau, good work, solid work, taking you know illegal guns off the street and uh, looking forward to telling that whole story because that's a good investigation. Absolutely. I can't say enough about, you know, it sounds corny and everything, but the way that all of those units work together, the detective bureau, the drug unit, the anti-crime unit, um, and, and how they also work with patrol, you know, members of patrol and, and everybody sort of, you know, comes together and, and, you know, brings different, uh, strengths to the, whatever, you know. So the other, uh, the other one that I want to, um, just briefly talk on, cause one arrest has been made, one is still pending, but, um, it, it's been, some of it's been reported in the public, uh, we had, we had a, early on in the pandemic when offices closed down, we had a significant loss at a uh, downtown office building. Um, and then we didn't really get to dig into it until we put everybody back. So mm -hmm. there was a significant time delay. Uh, Detective Jimmy Losaw was assigned that case. You guys did some social media stuff. Um, we, had a, we had a little education about the difference between two two sibling companies and corporations here but um 
Jimmy's actually made some good identifications, and uh, you know, as I said, one arrest has been made, warrants been issued for the second subject. More to come on that uh, when the second subject's in custody. Yeah, yeah, so, really good case. Yeah. Third thing uh, about the detectives, I just I want to give a shout out here. Uh, is it, I'm, the days are blending, Lieutenant. Is it last week we were up on Eleanor Road? Early last week? Week before? Last Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so we had barricaded subject, resulted in a patrol response. Patrol did a very nice job with their uh, initial containment operation, initiated an SRT call out for relief in place. But during the initial response, when patrol was still trying to set containment and get the perimeter set, uh, I got a call um, from. Captain Trapani, well, Captain Trapani was mustering his troops and rolling en route. And this this was largely a patrol operation. But, mm -hmm. again, the detectives and the investigative personnel, we're on our way. We've got our gear. What can we do? And uh, they quickly rolled in, supplemented patrol. Uh, I know at least one investigator, Bassey, was out there in a perimeter position, uh, revisiting his service with the team, holding containment on the back of the target. And uh, other detectives rolled in to start the intelligence function, you know, get some information on our subject, figure out who we were dealing with, what previous dealings with them were, um, supplement uh, Mr. Collins by developing information to use in the negotiations. And uh, it, it was amazing how quickly, you know, it took a couple hours to resolve this thing, but it was amazing how quickly we were able, because we didn't have a lot of information in the house. All of our information was coming from other Berkshire County Police Departments. And it was amazing how quickly, with having the detectives on scene to take over the intelligence function, so we didn't have to assign somebody from the team to do that, we were able to develop a fairly comprehensive picture and make some good decisions on how to proceed and go forward, and it was resolved successfully, and we're always thankful for that. Yeah, that, that was hugely helpful um you know having been uh in the command post of of many tactical operations when we can free up our operators um from the intelligence gathering get help from the detective bureau obviously it gives us more manpower um but the detectives have it's a specialty yeah. and they they have some um some additional resources that uh, a patrol officer may not know of they got mad skills or be, be trained in yeah <laughs> <laughs> they definitely do yeah all right so we only have a couple minutes left lieutenant souls thanks for joining us today no oh, thanks for having us uh you mentioned shout outs just a minute ago i would be remiss if i didn't give a shout out to my daughters i don't know if they're listening right now but uh if they are they probably are pretty bored listening to me drone on about financial crimes but I just want to say hi to Layla and Tessa, and you better have your schoolwork done. If, so <laughs> Hopefully they're watching. <laughs> programming note, if they are not listening or watching, they can find us in our new podcast format. Uh, we're switched over from SoundCloud to WordPress. And uh, so if you're, if you're into podcasts, I figured this out last week while I was uploading us now. We are available on Patrol with the PPD, is available on all of the four primary podcast platforms. I'm following us on both Spotify and Apple Music. You can find us also on Stitcher. And what's the other one? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Find us where you listen to your podcast. Search on Patrol with the PPD. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. All right. So my last minute here, I'm, I'm going to run out of time. Uh, keeping my promise to Jen Glockner, all things cultural going on in the city for the week of June 5th through June 11th. Um, call out 
Call for Art for a drive, walk, bike, city art show that's going to take place July 3rd. Check out the Cultural Pittsfield newsletter or webpage. Or um, if you want to participate, email drivewalkbikeart at gmail.com for this new virtual art show. And other good news reported in the local media this morning, um, but also announced here. Uh, Baby Animals started at Hancock Shaker Village yesterday. It's a little bit different. You can't interact and pet the animals, but you can get right up there in the outdoor pastures. So if you're looking for a little outdoor recreation, go visit the baby animals at Hancock Shaker Village. Uh, Saturday, June 6th, the Berkshire Museum will hold a free virtual opening celebration of the Art of the Hills. Uh, as a, board, a Berkshire Museum board member, I got to give them credit where credit is due. With seven seconds left, thanks for tuning in to On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM Pittsfield Community Radio.